SCP-6675 A Monstrous Misunderstanding Object Class Euclid Formerly Keter Special Containment Procedures SCP-6675 is to be contained in a chamber no less than 15 by 15 meters. Due to the violent nature of SCP-6675, no personnel are to enter the chamber at any time. Due to SCP-6675's anomalous ability, a Scranton reality anchor is to be placed in the center of the chamber. Weekly maintenance must be done on the SRA to prevent the risk of SCP-6675 escaping back into the wild. If damage is discovered, SCP-6675 is to be sedated while repairs are made. Revision 6675, June 6, 2001 SCP-6675 is to be contained in a chamber no less than 25 by 25 meters. Due to SCP-6675's anomalous ability, a Scranton reality anchor is to be placed in the center of the chamber to prevent SCP-6675 from escaping. A maintenance checkup on the SRA inhibitor is to be done every week by qualified personnel. If damage is discovered, SCP-6675 is to be sedated while repairs are made. SCP-6675 must be fed a sus domesticus, domestic pig, on a bi-weekly basis, with the remains retrieved by Class D personnel equipped with a sound-concealing headset. SCP-6675 is to be provided with sample mannequins for its entertainment. Foundation paleozoologists are to observe SCP-6675 periodically for any sign of boredom or distress that may impact SCP-6675's well-being. Personnel are not allowed to enter SCP-6675's chamber without permission from head researcher Turan, nor before its feeding. Revision 6675, June 26, 2001 SCP-6675 is to be contained in a large habitat no less than 60 by 60 meters. The chamber's interior must be constructed to emulate the typical North American landscape from the late Cretaceous. Footnote 1 time period that lasted from approximately 100 million years ago to 66 million years ago, marked by the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event that ended the reign of non-avian dinosaurs. SCP-6675 is to be supplied with the rotation of domestic animals to satisfy its predatory instincts during its feeding process. Several toys must be placed around the habitat to provide SCP-6675 enrichment. Foundation paleozoologists are to observe SCP-6675 periodically for any sign of boredom or stress that may impact SCP-6675's well-being. Due to SCP-6675's tendency to manifest and demanifest when in the wild, a Scranton reality anchor is to be placed in the center of the habitat to keep it from disappearing. Staff must perform bi-weekly maintenance in order to ensure the anchor is fully functional at all times. This maintenance is to be done after SCP-6675 has been fed. In case of damage to the Scranton Reality Anchor, SCP-6675 must be sedated while maintenance staff repairs it. Entry into SCP-6675's habitat is to be authorized by head researcher Turan with the supervision of researcher Hoffman. Staff may not enter the habitat on the same day that SCP-6675 is fed. When entering SCP-6675's habitat, staff must always wear noise-canceling headphones. Description 
SCP-6675 is an entity resembling a member of the Azadarkidae family. Footnote 2. A family of pterosaurs from the late Cretaceous era, characterized by their long legs and extremely long necks. According to Foundation paleozoologists, SCP-6675 is most likely a specimen of Quetzalcoatlus northropi. SCP-6675 is 5 meters tall and is estimated to have a wingspan of 11 meters, both of which line up with the extinct Quetzalcoatlus's measurement. SCP-6675 has never been seen taking flight, despite multiple paleontological theories surrounding the Azadarkidae family implying it should be able to. Prior to capture, SCP-6675 primarily manifested in the forests of Maine and New Hampshire away from urban areas. However, in extreme and rare cases, SCP-6675 has been known to manifest within 35 meters of human settlements. Upon manifesting, SCP-6675 will stalk its victims for a few minutes, with sightings indicating that the entity takes no measure to prevent detection. After a few minutes, SCP-6675 will emit a series of vocalizations with the intent of these being perceived by the victim. These vocalizations possess a mimetic and cognitohazardous effect on humans close enough to perceive them. Upon exposure to SCP-6675's vocalizations, the victim suffers from visual and auditory hallucinations. The effect is stronger the closer the subject is to SCP-6675, with the hallucinations becoming more potent and of a more grim nature. There is an unknown correlation with the handful of victims who claim the auditory side of the effect to be a strange hum, almost akin to a lullaby that urges them to willingly approach SCP-6675. Once the affected subject is close enough, SCP-6675 will use its beak to pierce the victim, killing it. After the victim is dead, SCP-6675 will walk away with the victim still impaled in its beak until out of sight. See Experiment Log 6675-2. Addendum 6675-1. On January 7, 2001, a deaf camper named Nona Razor filed a report at the Lincoln Police Department regarding the murder of one of her friends while the pair was out hiking in White Mountain National Forest. Miss Razor referred to the perpetrator as a large bird monster. It is thought that Miss Razor's hearing aid saved her from the anomalous vocalizations SCP-6675 utilizes, as it prevented her from receiving direct exposure to the effect. Foundation agents were dispatched posing as police officers to take her in for questioning. Miss Razor provided a hastily recorded video, taken on a camera strapped to her chest during a hike. The camera contained footage of the attack on her friend. In it, the recording shows Miss Razor calling out. After a few minutes, she finds her friend standing perfectly still, trying to reach out to something out of frame. Miss Razor calls out one last time, before a pale white beak darts out from behind the trees, impaling the victim and killing them instantly. Miss Razor lets out a terrified shriek but remains motionless, seemingly petrified by fear. SCP-6675 is seen lifting its head and looking directly at Miss Razor. After a few seconds, SCP-6675 picks up the body in its beak and exits out of frame. Ms. Razor regains composure following SCP-6675's departure and begins running in the woods. The rest of the video is nothing but woodland until Ms. Razor remembers the camera is recording and turns it off. 
After the interview, Miss Razor was administered amnestics and a cover-up story about an escaped Harpy Eagle was published in the local newspaper. It is now thought that several cases of disappearances in the forest of Maine and New Hampshire are SCP-6675's doing. Following its discovery by the Foundation, an attempt to capture SCP-6675 through the use of Scranton reality anchors to prevent it from demanifesting was authorized on July 19, 2001. Site-248 was chosen to proceed with the capture due to its proximity to White Mountain National Forest, the last area where SCP-6675 was sighted. After thorough preparations, several SRA beacons were placed within the forest at the request of head researcher Turan and researcher Hoffman. A request for a Class D personnel was submitted, which was authorized. D-8615 was equipped with a tracking collar and led by Site-240's containment team in the forest to bait SCP-6675 to appear, which occurred two hours after the initial entry into the forest by D-8615. Upon manifestation, the Scranton Reality Anchors activated, which prevented SCP-6675 from demanifesting. Mobile Task Force Gamma-4, Green Stags, operatives arrived shortly thereafter, giving chase until SCP-6675 was trapped in a narrow passage. Despite initially fleeing, SCP-6675 suddenly exhibited aggressive behavior and attacked the closest containment unit before being subdued through the use of tranquilizers. Addendum 6675-2 Following capture, SCP-6675 was placed in a small Type A containment chamber devoid of vegetation or soil. Over the span of a single week, SCP-6675 had shown extremely aggressive behavior, attacking the chamber's walls with its beak and attacking any personnel that entered the chamber on site. Researcher Hoffman had a meeting with head researcher Turan regarding the inappropriate containment procedure given to SCP-6675. The following is a transcript of this meeting. Level 2 access required. Start of log. Researcher Hoffman. Matt. Um, Turan, I wish to talk to you about SCP-6675. Something feels off regarding its containment procedure, and I think head researcher Turan. Hoffman, don't pull your usual act with me. You think I didn't notice that you were getting more and more obsessed with that reptile? I... Alright, fine. I'll admit I've taken a noticeable interest in SCP-6675. I I don't quite understand, though, Turan. Why is it given such an inappropriate treatment? What do you mean? Well, uh, your past reports on SCP-6675 are all biased, you know. They talk about it like it's some monstrous abomination who knows nothing but murder and carnage. All of these things are dangerous anomalies. Treating them like they aren't is a danger in itself. There can be more than meets the eye. Look, I know sometimes we will encounter and have encountered entities or objects that can compromise humanity. This is why we're here, to contain them. However, mistreating the ones that aren't actual threats to us doesn't make us any different from how you perceive them as. I... Alright, fine. What do you want? All I'm asking is that you let me do some tests with SCP-6675. I'm sure there's more to it than what you make it out to be. <sighs> two months. I'm giving you two months to do whatever you want with that wretched thing. Is there anything else? 
Yeah, uh, stop hogging the coffee machine. It makes you bitter. <laughs> huh, you're lucky you were my assistant. Now, go before I change my mind. End log. After the reunion with head researcher Turan, researcher Hoffman initiated a series of behavioral tests to learn more about SCP-6675. The following are the transcripts of these tests. Level 3 access required. Experiment log. 6675. 1. Date. May 17, 2001. Purpose of the test. In an attempt to understand SCP-6675's mentality and potential prey drive, it shall be provided with the human-shaped mannequin to observe its reaction. Test subject. Mannequin wearing common clothes. Chunks of meat replaced under the clothes. Test result. Prior to SCP-6675's entry, the mannequin was placed in the center of the testing chamber. After the test started, SCP-6675 was introduced within the chamber. SCP-6675 initially wandered the room and attacked the walls with its beak before noticing the mannequin, after which SCP-6675 proceeded to emit vocalizations, seemingly noticing no reaction from what it perceived as a living being. SCP-6675 stood still for two minutes before cautiously approaching the mannequin and what appeared to be smelling it. Following this, SCP-6675 instantly pierced the mannequin with its beak, before proceeding to take it in its beak and flail it around, seemingly displaying either playful or prideful behavior. Test ended after 10 minutes of SCP-6675 repeating this behavior. Note. What a surprise. The giant monster bird instantly attacked the human-shaped figure. I expect better, Hoffman. Head researcher Turan. Don't be so stuck up. This test showed us an interesting snippet of its behavior. There is more behind SCP-6675's acts than you think. Researcher Hoffman. Following experiment log 6675-1, it was discovered that recordings of SCP-6675's vocalizations do not carry over the cognitohazardous effects. Experiment log 6675-2. Date, June 3rd, 2001. Purpose of the test. In an attempt to understand SCP-6675's mentality and potential prey drive, it shall be provided with another animal to observe its reaction. Test subject, Suscrofa domesticus, domestic pig. Test results. An adult pig is introduced inside SCP-6675's chamber. After a few minutes of observing it, SCP-6675 emits vocalizations similar to the previous experiment. Two minutes after hearing SCP-6675's vocalization, the pig began to stagger before freezing in place. SCP-6675 is seen approaching the pig. Once it reached the pig, SCP-6675 began putting its beak around it at various angles, seemingly trying to swallow it whole. After several minutes of repeating this motion, SCP-6675 seemingly got impatient and stabbed its beak into the pig. Before ending the test, researcher Hoffman noticed SCP-6675 began to pick pieces of meat from the wound on the pig. This was the first time SCP-6675 was recorded feeding. The pig's remains were recovered two days later, after SCP-6675 didn't want to eat from it further. See Experiment Log, 6675-3. Note. So, that's what it normally does with the bodies. I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting something different. 
At least we don't have to feed it with Class Ds as I initially thought. Head Researcher, Turan. Following Experiment Log 66752, SCP-6675's containment procedures were updated to include feeding domestic pigs on a bi-weekly schedule to SCP-6675. Experiment Log 6675-3 Date, June 6, 2001 Purpose of the test Test was accidental in nature. D-9468 was tasked to retrieve the remains from the previous test and clean the chamber while SCP-6675 was sedated. The dosage of the sedative was wrongly evaluated, and SCP-6675 woke up after a few minutes of sleep. Test subject, D-9468. Test result, SCP-6675 is sedated. After confirmation of the sedative taking effect, D-9468 is signaled to enter the chamber. After entering, D-9468 proceeds to remove the remains and places them in a bin that was provided. D-9468 then begins to clear the floor. At this point, SCP-6675 begins waking up, which is immediately noticed by D-9468 who runs to the exit door. Security guard Toldi, who was overlooking D-9468 from the control room, proceeds to call Researcher Hoffman to notify him of what was happening. By the time Researcher Hoffman arrived at SCP-6675's chamber, SCP-6675 had fully woken up and was looking directly at D-9468 before proceeding to get closer. Once SCP-6675 reached D-9468, it probed D-9468 with its beak gently. After a few minutes of this behavior, SCP-6675 retreated to another part of the chamber, leaving D-9468 alone. Researcher Hoffman proceeded to open the door to allow D-9468 to leave the chamber. Note. It appears SCP-6675 exhibits no aggressive behavior when it has recently eaten, similar to most modern predators. This definitely is a step in the right direction, though I do hope the circumstances that allowed this observation do not repeat themselves again. Researcher Hoffman. Experiment Log. 6675. 4. Date, June 20th, 2001. Purpose of the test, introduce SCP-6675 in a behavioral simulation chamber to see if the aggressive behavior stems from inappropriate containment procedures. Test result, SCP-6675 displayed expected aggressive behavior upon introduction to the chamber, attacking the walls along with the Scranton Reality Anchor in the center. After a few days, SCP-6675 quickly adapted to the chamber, seemingly having already established a territory in a large part of the room, and calming down over time. SCP-6675 rests for most of the day, waking up usually around 20 hundred hours. Despite paleontological theories showing the contrary, SCP-6675 was observed to be a mostly nocturnal animal. When awake, SCP-6675 will aimlessly roam the chamber. Periodically, SCP-6675 will get on top of a rock formation located to the north of the chamber, seemingly watching its territory. Researcher Hoffman noted that SCP-6675 has a behavior similar to a male lion. Note. So, it was only this aggressive because it wasn't given enough plans in space. I'll have the boys over at the Paleobiological Department help you revise containment procedures. Head Researcher Turan. After the two-month limit imposed by head researcher Turan ended, 
Researcher Hoffman was called to meet with him to report on the results of the tests on SCP-6675. The following is a transcript of the meeting. Start log. Head researcher Turan. Welcome, Hoffman. Please take a seat. Sounds of a chair scraping on the ground are heard, followed by a cough by researcher Hoffman. Well, don't just sit there like a kid who's lost at the fair. Give me your report. Researcher Hoffman. Oh, right. Sorry. I came to the conclusion that SCP-6675 is pretty much just an animal. Its previous aggressive behavior was due to the lack of food and inappropriate containment conditions. Mm Mm-hmm. And I take that you've contacted the guys in charge of the chambers to accommodate SCP-6675's new room? That's right. We are currently in the process of planting foliage from the Cretaceous era we obtained through Redacted in the chamber. SCP-6675 should be introduced in its new home in around a week. For now, it is temporarily contained in the behavioral simulation chamber we used during one of the tests. I see. Is something on your mind? I just... I just don't really know what to think about SCP-6675. I feel almost disappointed. Disappointed? Why? All of our tests with it have been successful. We learned almost everything there was to learn about SCP-6675 with them. I expected more of a monster out of SCP-6675 than what it truly was in reality. An animal. Ah, well, it's more with the fact that monsters are rarer these days. Most end up becoming just misunderstood animals or entities. This doesn't mean they aren't dangerous or mysterious in some way. Hell, maybe SCP-6675 is just an animal, but I'll remind you it's a creature from a bygone era, capable of causing hallucinations and seemingly teleportation. There are still so many questions that have yet to be answered. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Regardless, what... Matters is that SCP-6675 will be contained properly now. It has pretty much become Site-248's little mascot. A lot of the guys talk about it like they were at the zoo. (laughs) Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to do some paperwork. You're dismissed, Marcus. Right. Thank you for your time, sir. End of log. Thank you for listening to SCP-6675. A Monstrous Misunderstanding by D.L. Baryonyx and Dr. Penguini. If you enjoyed this SCP, please like and subscribe, and follow the link in the description of the SCP Wiki, and vote to support it and the SCP Wiki as a whole.